You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com. And join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time at www.thefireplacechurch.org. And, um, you know, folks, I'm... uh, really wanting to encourage you guys to hang out with us at thefireplacechurch.org. Why? Because it's a great time. Um, There's really awesome conversation happening and also some really, really cool people that hang out with us. And um, you should be one of them. Now, this week, I don't have a lot of announcements. I want to say thank you to those of you that continue to support us. Uh, We're continuing to try to take people off of our waiting list for uh, DID coaching. And, uh, you know, look, guys, the more you're supporting us, the more people we're going to be able to ultimately take off that list while also being able to maintain, you know, uh, what we are doing, the Fireplace Church every Sunday, um, this podcast and Uh, some of the other things that we offer, like our support groups for survivors, so on and so forth. Look, um, www.bridemovement.com and thefireplacechurch.org is where you can financially support us if you have not done so already. If I haven't mentioned it in a while, look, if you're looking for prayer resources, other things that are going to help you, um, you know, kind of... uh, get you over the hump on some things, maybe some personal deliverance stuff you're looking for help in, look... Go to our websites. We have prayer resources at both, but more at bridemovement.com. And there's just a tab. It's called prayer resources. Check it out. Download the prayers. You can even listen to me praying them as an example, um, you know, it's to, to encourage you in how to pray effectively. Uh, we, we are 
building a new website. I, I'm really excited about that. BrideMovement.com is going to see an upgrade real soon here. So um, praise God for, for that. Folks, I am not going to take too much time with this intro. Um, we are going to be uh, looking at doing a Sheep Nations conference. I've been mentioning this at the Fireplace Church. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it again here for those of you that are waiting for it. I have been working on a number of things. I honestly, I'm just really busy. It's tough, but I'm 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 pressing in towards this thing. Eventually, we are going to do this, the next conference on Sheep Nations, and I, I'm really excited about that. Uh, we're going to be going through a lot of material that's in my book, uh, Kingdom Government and the Promise of Sheep Nations, as the basis for that conference, and uh, that'll be a weekend conference type scenario. So look forward to that. We'll, we'll be keeping you updated as I'm able to, you know, cr- create a like manual for this. Cause you know, all of our conferences have a manual that goes along with, it. that's how we do it. So you have something to walk away with and um, that, that, that is coming. So uh, look forward to that. Also, we've been getting a number of emails. This is my last point on discipleship saying, Daniel, when are you going to do the next round of discipleship? Because we did one round and then we haven't done it since. Um, you know, we, we've been, we've gone through a lot of shifts in this year at Bride Ministries, um, and so I'm, I'm I'm actually rethinking the way we do the discipleship groups, and uh, we we've been doing this thing where it's like an eight week commitment, and uh, that that's a lot for me. It's a lot for you guys. I think what we're going to do is we're going to shift that into a weekend format where we do three days, eight sessions over three days, and it's just one weekend. There that way. It's just, you know, you block one weekend a timeout and you get the whole course and, and, and I'll just do one course at a time and I'll be teaching them all for now. And so uh, that is what we're planning to do. When is the next course going to be made available, Daniel? Um, I'm going to be working on that over the next couple of weeks and then we'll make an announcement. So look forward to that. Discipleship is, is still a thing. Um, we, we have, you know, been taking some time off. But we'll, we'll, we'll be beginning to engage this thing. And, and, you know, maybe we'll be looking to do this about once a month and just cycling through the different classes, Grace in Christ, the Kingdom and Spiritual Warfare. So there's my announcements. Folks, we are going to be talking today with a really awesome person named Amanda Bies. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall.
Ventures with Dan Duvall, and I am um, really looking forward to the conversation I'm about to have today. Now, I am going to be talking with someone that I probably should have had on my program years ago, but we've just connected now, and, and I'll tell you what, she is just absolutely lovely. T- today, I'm going to be talking with Amanda Buys, and and she has been blessed with revelation and insight to achieve a lifestyle of victory in Jesus um, through practical experience, uh, coming face-to-face with reasons for failure of victorious living, um, and she's done extensive research, um, not not only into you know victory in a general sense as, as, as we we approach what God has for us, but also in creating solutions for those that have been demonized, that have been through satanic ritual abuse, that have dissociative identity disorder. Um, she has completed a very intensive course to train up counselors in prayer counseling called Acts Advanced Counseling Training School. And she also has a website, uh, CanaanMinistries.org. That's K-A-N-A-A-N ministries.org. She is out of South Africa. You know, Amanda, welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Thank you, Dan. It's great to be with you. Well, nice to meet you. You know, it, it is so nice to meet and connect with you, Amanda. And um, I know that when I was doing a, a lot of research into the area of SRA and DID years ago, I came across your stuff and your prayers and some of the information you have put on. As a matter of fact, people have been to bridemovement.com. We'll even find one of your mini books called the ABCs of DID under our mind control tab, because, you know, you guys have really done a lot of work in that area. And, you know, I, I just really appreciate you, your husband, what you guys have contributed. And I, I want to just begin this, um, this interview with a, a conversation on your testimony. I mean, you know, you guys have been working in the kingdom, working to help survivors, working to break people out of defeat and into the victory of Jesus for years. How did God take you there? Dan, I was a school teacher. Um, I taught physical science up to um, senior level, right up to, you know, your final school year. And so then the children started coming to me with all their problems. So that is how the counseling ministry, you know, started. I was like thrown into the deep end and I didn't know what to do with the children um, with all this stuff. And it was all occultic, demonic stuff that I tried to avoid um, and not get involved in. And then um, I would slip them out of the school and take them to an oldish couple that were doing full-time deliverance. And, uh, yeah, so I was petrified of, of Satan, demons, and, you know, the whole dark world. And I think God just sat and chuckled and watched me as I tried to run away from this ministry so much. Um, and then, yeah, it was just my, my first message that I ever preached. It was in a Methodist church. And um, it was this little church with a, with a graveyard next to it, you know, as the old churches. And it was a group of youth, young people, Friday evening. And um, as I, you, you know what my subject was? The uh, armor of the Lord. You know, so <laughs> I, was, I was having fun and I dressed up a young guy, you know, in, in, in a battle dress, but sort of with a big helmet. And, you know, and as I was teaching, a young lady jumped up, screamed, and ran out the church. And they brought her back, and she was saying, don't take me near that woman. And I didn't know what was going on. And she said, there's a sword above her head. 
And I didn't know what sort. I really didn't know what was happening. I thought that the devil was going to chop off my head, you know, something <laughs> horrific going to happen. Because <laughs> I was petrified of demons. And yeah, so that was my first encounter. And I didn't know what to do. So everybody made a circle around me and this young lady. And after, you know, saying, I bind you in Jesus' name, because that's all I knew for about 30 times, God came to my rescue. And uh, that was my first deliverance. So, yeah, I was really petrified until I, you know, my dad was an alcoholic. So I had a lot of insecurities and fears of my childhood and never knew a dad and the safety. I didn't have a safe place. And then um, when I met God as my father, that was probably the biggest deliverance for me personally. And the fear left because that taught me um, you know, the, the, this whole calling of deliverance on my life, I had to know God as my father. Otherwise, I wouldn't make it. Um, because Satan was played the big boogeyman for me, you know, and would make me run. And I would only do the stuff, the deliverance stuff, when the sun was shining. But as soon as the sun goes down, I'd be too afraid to get near this, you know. So... Yeah, it was a journey, Dan. It's been it's been a tremendous journey. Um, learning about um, my position as a woman um, mm-hmm. with my husband, you know, that was really so important to know that um, Rolly's my covering because, you know, my dad being an alcoholic, I, you just don't trust a man. You don't trust the father. And now I've got this amazing husband, but I don't trust him because it was all, you know, in the subconscious mind. So, um, oh, man, we had, we really had tough, about 15 years of marriage, trying to sort out our own junk, you know, that we brought with our our own brokenness that we brought from our own homes. And then to find my position to honor him as head of the home, and you can see I have too much fire in me to be a doormat, so that one... (laughs) (laughs) so I just um, yeah just learned the God way of honoring him and putting him in the position that God puts him and that brought safety immediate safety um, like a covering over me and um, yeah it was a journey I had to walk with the children and you know bring healing in the places where I'd caused damage and so a lot of what I teach is what I've lived it's really the path I walked. That that is so profound. I, I want you to, because uh, we can't move off of this just yet. I got a prick, and God's like, "Let her talk about it." Somebody needs to know, Amanda. What do you mean, God as Father? Because see, you, you got some people confused when you said that. There are people that they, it's because they get Jesus right. Jesus is my brother. He's my savior. He's my you know, get out of jail free card, so to speak. It's much more than that. But father, that's a challenge. What has God shown you about father? Okay. You see, Dan, I was born again 12 years and truly, I mean, radically saved and really on fire for God. You know, I was a student and um, it was in the days of, of run, baby, run, um, Nikki Cruz and Dave Wilkinson and you know that was that was our world in those days so it was radically on fire 
um, serving God on the streets, doing street work, you know, ministering to people. And um, so for 12 years, I was really on fire. It wasn't just, you know, Jesus saved me and then I carry on living my normal life. It wasn't. It was really radical. And then um, I, I, you know, I was testifying. I was like moving in ministry, trying to help people. And 12 years, um, then John Wimber came to South Africa with about 20 pastors. And they came teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is 89. And um, teaching, you know, people to flow with the gifts. And I remember standing, you know, going to a workshop because I'd had an experience with God of a power encounter um, where I experienced God's anointing. I came out of a traditional church background, you know, the Dutch Reformed background. And here I get, uh, you know, into this flow of God and, and God touches me with the most amazing power anointing that I experienced. And I somebody came and said that the power that you experienced that flowed through you, it was like a million volts of, of electricity and said it was the same power that flowed through Jesus and that rose people from the dead. And so I said, okay, well then this must be healing. Hmm. And so when I was at this workshop, um, you know, when, when John Wimber was here, I went to the physical healing workshop and there was this guy amazing wisdom and gentleness and a counselor of a father figure that was heading up the workshop. And I went to him and I said, can you tell me this experience that I had, how do I know it's God and how do I know it's the devil? And he looked at me with such compassion and he said to me, Amanda, he read my name tag and he said, Amanda, you know, you don't know your father, God. And I said to him, whoa, how can you say that? I'm born again 12 years. How can you say that? But he was so right. Because Jesus is the truth and the way and the life, the way we're too. And that's where I was, and I knew that he was my bridegroom, he was my savior, he was, he was my Lord, but he was the way. And I had to follow the way and find the way where to, back to the Father. Because here I'm born again, radically saved, praying with people, you know, on fire, but never, ever had got to the Father. And so when I started seeking God, and, and this, this pastor said to me, Gary Beans, he said to me from Vineyard, he said, Amanda, I'm going to send you tapes from America. And it was called Come to Papa. And I sat listening. And it was still cassette tapes in those days. And I sat listening, and one of one of them of the series was the one where God absolutely was. It was like He came out of heaven and He sat on the bed and He just started speaking to me. And He said, "You were a lost sheep, and I came looking for you. You didn't look for me. 
I came looking for you. And it's one about the 99, that I will leave 99. and I'll Because of the deep rejection that I'd gone through with my dad, you know. My dad was just never there for us and didn't bother and never listened. And, and here God's saying to me, but I'll leave 99 and I'll come for one. I'll come for you. I can't tell you in words, Dan, what happened, but it was, he said to me, become a child. Now, I was 30 years at that, at that stage of my life. And he said, become a little girl and get onto my lap. And I felt myself, it was like, you know, in, in the spirit, I saw myself a little girl with curly blonde hair. And I hopped on this big lap. And I put my head on his chest. And he put his arms around me. And I wept and wept and wept out of the deepest part of my being. And it was just, I've come home. I've come home to a dad that I never knew I had and that I could have that relationship with. And it was a deep knowing that doesn't matter what fear, how the devil had piled fear onto me and attacked me with fear, that when the perfect love, that's what I experienced, perfect love drives away all fear. I experienced that every hair on my head is numbered. Nothing will happen to me if it doesn't pass through him. And if Satan comes to make me afraid again, I will tell my dad and my dad will sort him out. So it was that childlike experience that I had with God the Father that it was so precious. Dan, I don't have words to explain what happened. Well, the ones that you used were pretty effective. Amanda, that is just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I'll tell you what, uh, what I know to be a fact is that, um, you know, people that know the father uh, walk a little different. Yeah, that's so true. There's an impartation that comes from that revelation that is, it's a game changer. It's, it, yeah. it shifts everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it did for me, for sure. My goodness. Okay. So, 30, you have a revelation of the Father. Fear goes. How did you learn about dissociative identity disorder, satanic ritual abuse? I mean, what walked you into that world? Okay, it was very interesting. Um when I, I was teaching, and then the children would come to me with all the, the, the stuff, and their stuff was, for example, this one guy, very clever guy, his father bought um, tarot cards. Now, tarot cards you couldn't get in South Africa in those years. So he got it from overseas, brought it to his son, and his son had played the tarot cards, and he put the final, which was a death card, put it down, and from that day, he had the spirit of death that was following him. So he comes to me and he says, would I help him? Now, if he knew how petrified I was, but obviously God had put his mantle of this calling upon my life and children were coming to me with these kind of problems. You know, they weren't coming with 
with with you know just pray a, a, a short prayer for this or whatever it was genuine hardcore occultic stuff and so it it was like something i had to start learning and then that first sermon that i preached where that girl ran out the church you know um where she screamed about the sword that's above my head and only afterwards realized that it's the two-edged sword of the Lord. I was preaching the word of God. And what she saw in the spirit was the word of God was being manifested over me, you know. It, and But, I, I mean, if I'd known that, I would have been much more bold, you know. But that's how you learn. But that was my journey. And then I started to... Um, people would, would contact me. I, I, I resigned at school. Um, God made a way for me with Rolly's job that I could resign and then sort of start to focus full time. And I had all these the, the head boys and head girls from the high schools of the different schools of the city where we lived. One afternoon, my friend or bell goes and here they, all the children stand and they say, Miss, please, will you teach us the word? So I walked the journey with these young with these young children, and it was always to do with, you know, when it comes to baptism of the Holy Spirit, then suddenly, whoa, we have demons popping up all over the place, and then we've got to deal with this stuff, you know. So I was confronted with it all along, and then um, I I had people phoning me, and then I had to go and clean houses where spirits were. You know, and as I said to you, I would only do it when the sun was shining, because the minute the sun goes down, I would. <laughs> but eventually, when I got to know God as Father, then I was, I was much more stronger, and um, also had to learn to balance the family life, my submission to Roly, and the ministry. You know, I mean, that was that was really running such a strong line of teaching me um, godly submission and, you know, what I didn't have in my family at, at home with my dad, but then in my marriage to correct and to remove Babylon out of our home. And then the Lord started sending me people like this young lady of 14 was going to be raised up to be the uh, witch of the whole area. So she came to sleep over a few nights and I would pray through things woke up one night with a whole coven standing outside our door, shouting curses and all the rest. And then I was teaching at a Bible school, and this young lady came to me and she said, um, will you please help me? Because, um, you know, Black Mass is coming up. It's, it's the Easter weekend, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be attacked again. And, I mean, she was on fire, and I'm thinking, how can this be? But I trusted her, and then I took her into my home and started to walk a journey with her. Little did I know that she was actually SRA. I just thought she was this girl that was dedicated, her grandmother dedicated her at Stonehenge as a, as a, as a, a bride of Satan, grew up you know, in this terrible home and suffered all this stuff, but she truly is wanting to serve God. So I was meeting with a presenter who really was born again, and I believed her all the way. But other people were reporting, but she's being seen at rituals. And 
you know, she's here and I'd say rubbish, you know, I don't believe you and not knowing what I'm dealing with. So that was my first experience. And South Africa was, was in such a way that if there was a conference in the country, it would normally be at the biggest church in Johannesburg, at the Rama Church. And then everybody would move from wherever and go to this church. And then they'd have big speakers that would come and talk from America. And so this was our yearly, you know, going to, to, the, to, to the big church. Yeah. And so then um, I get this, um, I, every year I pray and I say, Father, what do you want to teach me? What is new? What do you want to show me this year? And I'd go through into the bookstore because this is the biggest bookstore in South Africa, you know, Christian books, and then go and go through all the shelves and see, and God would lead me specifically to certain books. And so this one year, I was just, again, browsing through the shelves, and I went down on my knees, and at the very bottom, right at the back, was a book called The Mysteries of MPD. It was still MPD in those days. Mm -hmm. And it was very expensive. And I thought, wow, it's like double what I normally buy for, pay, pay for a book. But I said, Father, if that's my book, if that's the book, I don't even know what's in there, but I'm just drawn to this book, then you'll, have, you'll keep it for me. So I waited till the very last day of the conference, and the book was still there. And so by faith, I went and bought the book. And as I started reading it, I started to see this girl who I'd taken into my home. I started to see her world, her life unfold here in front of my eyes. And I understood. And then when I gave her the book, mm -hmm. I mean, her eyes opened up and she saw then what was going on. And then there was one lady who had been to the States and had been trained in DIDSRA and had come to South Africa, um, and she was the only person, the only voice in South Africa that sort of knew she'd been uh, trained with uh, Dr. Jim Friesen and, you know, had been in contact with him. And so um, I would take the clients to her. Mm -hmm. So people would come to me for generational curses. So I was known in the country as... Um, the lady that does generational, you know, the the, the bloodline curses lady. Got that it. was was how I was called. And so, of course, we're all in grace. And so how can a Christian possibly have a curse or a demon? It doesn't work. So I must be a cult myself, you know. You know the story how the persecution, you know, and bloodline curses, there is no way. You know, you've come to the cross, you've come to Jesus, it's all done, it's dealt with. And so we had two very strong camps in South Africa. And so we had the, the faith guys, who were the grace guys, uh -huh. and then we had the, the, charis the, the Hatfield charismatic guys, which were those guys that had, uh, they were Baptists, mm -hmm. and they had come then into the flow of the Holy Spirit. And so... They were 100% with me because Derek Prince, they would bring Derek Prince out. So it was these two camps and, um, you know, like this, and I was in the middle. So it was like 
I mean, I knew who was with me, but it was it was really a battle, Dan. It was a big battle, and so God gave me a voice and a platform, and that's how the ministry started to speak about generational curses. So people would come for generational curses, and when we start hitting that stuff, that's where all the prayers were developed. Um, when we start hitting all of that stuff, then when I would see, but there's more here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not just the ordinary family bloodline that we can deal with, you know, and it's over with. Here's deeper stuff. And that was the journey. That's how the journey started. So I would go with and just be a spectator, basically hand them over and then come back home and then just do the normal counseling. And then the Lord said to me, no, there's more. I have to get more involved. So I didn't want to. So it was screaming and kicking all the way, um, you know, not wanting to go into this ministry at all, not feeling equipped at all. But uh, the need, the need is so big. Oh, and, and that's, that is so true because it seems overwhelming when you get into the requirements. Like yeah. what, how, what kind of knowledge base do you need to begin to work with some of this stuff? And the answer is yeah. humongous, but with the Holy Spirit, oh, that's where it all begins to make sense. That's true. <laughs> that's so- but okay, so so that that's that, wow, 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 and and of course you were doing this. I mean, this was in the nineties, yeah, yeah. When all of yeah. this, I mean, and this is, you know, I, I didn't even really come on the scene until like two thousand twelve. So uh, <laughs> it's like way uh, before before any of the stuff I was beginning to do. And 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 you know, there was a lot of conversations that you just you know couldn't have in the nineties. No, I mean, they, no. you, you couldn't even talk about Nephilim back then. No way, no, no, not at all. We didn't even go there, you know. I mean, it was it was just the DID stuff, and the, well, in those days it was MPD, mm-hmm. and so it was. This person is more than one personality, and then we would do interviews, but we'd put the person behind a curtain, and so that you know the face wouldn't show because the family was still around, and you know, so yeah, it was stuff we would whisper. It, we we really had to keep it very quiet. <sighs> Praise God that everything's coming to the surface. <laughs> yeah. So okay. let's talk about some of the early work with survivors. I mean, you talked about the one girl that they were preparing yeah. to be like the high witch. Um, yeah. Are there any other early survivor cases that stand out to you as real, uh, you know, defining moments in your ministry where you would say, yeah, that case definitely shifted our paradigm yeah you know we we have some what we call golden oldies which are those those people that have been with us since the very beginning of us you know where we did normal bloodline and then it opened up into being did sra um and then we they're still with us i mean amazing people so they would um you know keep me posted uh, and then they'd say to me, okay, Amanda, have you learned anything new? You know, have you heard, Have you gone on another course? Um, okay, we do the next layer of stuff um, because we, you know, they are in their 60s now. And um, so they, they've come the journey with me. And they were like, they would say, 
we prepared to be the guinea pigs. You know, you can experiment on us. Just help us. We just want to be free. So whatever course I would go on, whatever training I had, um, they were quite happy to to come along. So um, this this one guy, he had Kabbalah programming, and you know it's it's quite. Uh, if, if you if you can listen to how they actually put the whole Kabbalah tree into a person, and um, it can be quite uh, complicated, you know. I mean, it is really, there's a lot of stuff. And so we decided we were going to help him. But um, I had just learned, um, I got the structure of how this construct is built within them, this Kabbalah tree. And then, you know, each branch and 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 each um, principality that is put in. And so then the, 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 the deprogrammer said, just be very careful because sometimes you're going to get wires that have got bombs. So you must be very careful when you start dismantling this. So we say, right. So when, when we... It's like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Can you please show me where wires and bombs are in the Bible? You know, I, I love how people will just, you know, anyway, yeah. I love it. But because you know what? Wires and bombs are a real thing in deliverance, especially with the satanic. Yeah. Go ahead. Continue. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. So anyway, we, um, we we started with this guy. Now, all of, I have a team of intercessors that have been with me for, for a number of years, you know, that understand where we are and how we're going. So we said, um, okay, so the pastor's wife, who's been my covering for all these years, and knowing I'm, um, you know, I'm um, this lady that's out there, but she's, she was a used to be a hippie, so she understands me very well. And uh, in the spirit with me, traveled overseas with me a couple of times. And she said to me, Amanda, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure this guy's not going to blow up when we start praying for him? And I said to him, look, We've been working with God up until now. God has helped us. He's not going to let us down. So we're going to do this. So she runs outside, falls on her knees. She says, God, please don't let this man blow up. I don't know what's going to happen when we start dismantling this construct, but please, you know. So it was it was really such a nerve-wracking story. But I think we prayed about, Dan, I think it was 10 hours it took us to try and dismantle this whole thing and and then then we'd get to a certain spot and then he'd say wait 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 stop 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 there's a blue wire there's a bomb there's a bomb and then we got to stop and then we're going to dismantle oh my 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 it took us ages but that was like a highlight you know of of trying to help people and trying to understand the constructs that's built within a person and it's very real for them you know, every single thing that's been put into them, whether it's a dungeon, a castle, a, a dragon, all these things that have been, it's, its sure, it's in their mind, but it's very real. And it's, it's a belief that they do believe that this is going to happen. And so to, to try and get them, you know, to, 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 to get the faith and to, to dismantle those constructs. Um, it's been it's been a journey. We've learned a lot, and um, you know I wish we could redo, uh, you know, you know wind back the clock and redo again because you just think, oh Father, you know the mistakes we made, and I'm sure the Lord and the angels were 
giggling at us, but, you know, we, we tried our best. And those are the ways that we learnt, you know, from what we know today. We had to go that journey. And everything we did, we wrote down. And that's why you see there's so much written down because, you know, I just, I, I, I'm a teacher, so I write. Everything, you know, as I learn, I write down. And um, started helping. And there was also a pastor's wife that I helped for about three years. I journeyed with her. And um, she had German programming. Now, we've been going to Germany. Um, it's been like 25 years now that we've been going to Germany, backwards and forwards. And the, the whole thing is South Africa and Germany are very closely connected in the spirit. So when, when the Third Reich finished, you know, the, the history of the super race, um, the history of Hitler um, trying to find the half man, half God, um, you know, this whole Nephilim story, which has now really been full-blown and exposed in our day. But in those days, um, it was just what we knew of Second World War and what, what, what Hitler had done. And um, we also then, in South Africa, had German-speaking families that had come over with German bloodlines. And there were these people that were SRA. And so they were taken and programmed in South Africa with all the apartheid stuff. So it was very interesting, um, you know, to, to see where the South African apartheid who believed they were the super race and they were better than, you know, it was such a demonic thing, you know, the whole apartheid story. Yeah. And so yeah. the German and, and South African connection is very close. And so we did a lot of research in Germany, which we would bring back home and then release it in South Africa to release our own people. And so this, this pastor's wife was... Um, German, she had a part that spoke fluent German and um, she also had a part in her now this was I'm learning, okay, so I'm still not knowing what I'm dealing with, so so here there's a German speaking and then we have somebody that's very very English and then we have somebody that's a Muslim okay and then we have somebody that's a Catholic all inside of her all the parts inside of it. Then there's someone that's a Jew. I mean, can you imagine the conflict? Oh. So I tell, I tell <laughs> Every holiday season would have been a disaster. <laughs> oh man. So I take I take every prayer that I've ever, ever worked out, Dan, and on one person I pray every single prayer because everything was inside of her. You know, and Wow, it took us hours and hours to work through that stuff. And um, she, her husband was working with her, you know, he was supporting her. There were days that her little kitty parts would come out and then he'd have to carry her into my home. She couldn't walk. It was the little ones, you know, that he had to bring her into my home. And she would switch. And, yeah, so those were people that I'd learned with um, – I, I knew the cost when you get involved, you know, with people that have been so deeply wounded and so highly demonized. 
um, and 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 you know they were they were just survivors of such evil of the world, and I knew that it's gonna it's gonna cost me that there's gonna be a price, and when I started working with her, I'd I'd already journeyed quite a bit. And I'd seen the, I'd felt the attacks, felt the attacks in my family and um, this, the suffering, you know, that we'd gone through as a family. And I just said to the Lord, Father, I will work in this field if you promise me that you will protect, that you will be our shield, that you will cover us in the day of battle, in every battle. Because I'm not gonna do this if you're not with with me. This is not this is not Mickey Mouse. This is this is high level stuff. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. and Lord, if you don't ride ahead in this battle, I'm not going into this battle without you. I cannot do it. And I, I just remember one day just weeping before the Lord and saying, Okay, Father, this pastor has phoned me about his wife. And he's wanting help. And I know the price. But I hear this man's heart. And my heart is breaking for him. And he just said, Amanda, please, who do we turn to? Who do we turn to? They were kicked out of their church. You know, they were ostracized. Where do we go? And it was like that was one of one of the highlights where God just got me back. And the compassion, you know, just to help people in in these broken, very broken places. So, yeah. And then when we when we started traveling, Dan, to the different nations in every country we went to, God started to expose SRA people right in leadership, right, you know, next to the pastor and his wife, right in the home of the pastor. I mean, right there. This is the. This is the thing, Amanda. This is the thing. People say, oh, you crazy people over there that talk about SRA and DID. And there's none of that. You know, Christians don't even have a demon. This is, hold on. You don't know who's in your church. Let me just say, the, the pastors, leaders in the body of Christ, they, they don't know who's in their church. They're like, I've never heard of any of that. It's like, that's because your eyes have been veiled. Because once the veil comes off, you're going to see the stuff that we're talking about. It's in your church. It's in your community. This is not a small-scale agenda, Amanda. This is worldwide. That's right. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Every country, Dan, from Taiwan, Hong Kong, from the east to the west, every country where we went to, we exposed DID SRA right in leadership. And so we've, you know, it's like God handpicked some really some key people you know, pillars that we could work with. And then we could train up people to see the stuff and to understand that this is very real. So what I, where I am now, Dan, is I'm, um, I speak on trauma counseling because this is, this is rife in every country. You know, South Africa is, is really serious. And, and Africa, there's a lot of stuff, you know, there's a lot of lot of um, violence. And so we do a lot of trauma counseling. And the minute I start sharing on trauma counseling, I go into the whole thing of what's repression 
and I explain that, and then I explain what is DID. And then, you know, that they, that they, that's what trauma does. And I do it in a very simple way when I break it open in the beginning. You know, um, as, as the years have come, I've learned and I've learned wisdom and to make it in small bites, teaspoons, you know, to, to give people teaspoons so that they can just get enough to start thinking and um, making them hungry to get more, you know, to understand more. And I think with all the research that Russ Dizdar and L.A. Marsuli and Tom Horn and all these guys have done, there's just no doubt about this stuff is, I mean, they're on the trail of the Nephilim. It's being openly spoken about now. You know, whereas, like I said, 10 years ago, you didn't hear about this. But it's the facts are on the table now. It's in our faces. We can't run away from this or play ostrich anymore. You know, it's real. But the thing is, Amanda, uh, people have problems and they're told that their solution is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Jesus Christ has solutions for their problem that are revealed through mysteries and revelation. But if we refuse the mysteries and the revelation, we deny people the breakthrough they're believing God for. And that is where the church has handcuffed itself to old patterns, old ways of thinking that don't work. True. God is giving revelation now on what works. Um, people need inner healing from brokenness that's led to dissociation, period. It needs to happen, Amanda. And if the church is unwilling to go there, the church is going to find itself less and less relevant as the years go by, because that's what we're up against. We're up against brokenness, and we're up against high-level demonization extending to you know uh, bloodline and generational iniquities that uh, are interfacing with cosmic beings and heavenly powers. It, it's it's just the way it is, and um, other stuff. You know, I I have so much to talk to you about, Amanda. So we're having a good time. I want to get to this other subject because. <laughs> We're talking before the program. I'm like, yep, you too, huh? So you guys in South Africa have run into some pretty interesting stuff. Like most people that get into the SRA, you said, hey, Daniel, the demons are the easy stuff. That That's petty. We have a, a bigger problem in South Africa. Oh, man. All right, what's the bigger problem in South Africa, Amanda, and, and, and why? Okay. All right, I, I spoke to you from the context of South Africa, but I... You know, we've, we've also seen it in Europe, and, and I'm sure you guys have seen it in the States as well. But let, let me stick with South Africa. And that is, um, when you work with people that are demonized, um, we would believe that all you must do is bind the demons, and then they go, and then the people should be free. And then we saw, but there were those that were not getting free. And you would pray and bind and rebuke and pray everything you could, and the people wouldn't get free. And then, you know, working with African people, they understand something called ancestral spirits. And then um, I said, okay, well, speak to me about what are ancestral spirits. No, these are the dead people that have died. Now, the spirits are territorially above where they live, you know, or where the, 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 the home area is, and they control from there. 
So then we started to call them dead human spirits. But this was also something we would only whisper because according to what the church would teach, and that is if you die, once a person dies, you either go to heaven or you go to hell. So there cannot be a, a, a spook, a, a ghost, um, hanging around. You know, It's just not possible because this is what the Bible says. But experientially, we were bumping into these things. So then we started to look for scripture. Okay, Father, speak to us. What does your word say? And slowly but surely, I started to find more people. You know, the Lord says that we are his body. And he says that there will be bone upon bone. And, you know, there will be parts that belong together, that he puts together that flow together. And so God started to connect me with, and very, there weren't many, and you are one of the few that I could speak to today that, you know, speak the same language. And so (laughs) we started to speak about dead human spirits. What do you know about dead human spirits? Because demons, you bind, they go. But there's something holding on. There's something still keeping people bound. There's something still hanging on. So what is this? And then I started to say, well, I'm going to test it. I'm I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to pray and see what happens. And I started to address dead human spirits. And immediate reaction, immediate release. And I saw it work. And I said, Father, it's working. It's working in the practice. I can see when I pray. And then I realized, okay, we can't bind a human spirit, Dan. You can't bind a human spirit because that's witchcraft. Okay? So I said, Father, what do we then do with human spirits? And he said, my angels, ask for the escort angels to come and remove them and take them to the place where God ordains them to go. So I was still whispering about this. This isn't something you can openly share, but with those that I felt spiritually were mature enough and understood and there was trust, I could share with them. So this pastor phones me and he says, Amanda, uh, my home is in a battleground area where soldiers, English soldiers had fought and, and this was a whole you know, battleground, and there were Kruger Gold, you know, the Kruger Gold, Kruger Rand is also a huge thing in the spirit world. They use this in rituals and things. So he says to me, and I have these soldiers walking on my farm every night. They march. They are marching, and they they hit with a whip on their boots. You know, like when the horses, when they had horses, and they had these long boots, and the, the whip up, they would hit on the boot, you know, and, and that was the sound. And he says, these soldiers are marching on my farm in the evenings, and this is what they're doing. So I listened to this, and he said, I've asked everybody's help, and they said, I must contact you because you will know what to do. So I said, well, now you must trust me on this one, and I know it's going to sound very strange. But I want you to go take your prayer team with you and go and stand there wherever this field is, where these soldiers are marching. And you go and preach the gospel. 
speak the gospel to them. And then you ask for God to send his escort angels to come and remove them and take them to wherever God says they must go. So this guy trusted me. He went and did exactly that. And he said, Amanda, we had the strangest experience. He says it was like winds, like whirlwinds. And suddenly these, 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 it, the, the, it was like, you know, just noise and quiet. And never again has a soldier walked there again. They're gone. And then I got hold of a very interesting book, Dan. Written by a guy, he was a, a psychiatrist in London. And he was in the same caliber as Derek Prince. Same age bracket. And he wrote a book called Healing the Family Tree. And he said in that book, I will send you the details. If anybody inquires about this, they can because the book is still available, they can get hold of it, Healing the Family Tree. And he spoke there about them going as a team to pray at Bermuda Triangle, where all the ships went down. And they broke bread. Hmm. And they closed that portal. Hmm. So they, they never again did a ship go down there. It sealed it. And he spoke about these family spirits that hang around. And so I was gathering more and more information and people speaking the same language. And then on my last um, training that I did, training of the uh, uh, advanced training of counselors, I have a medical doctor who speaks and does a teaching from a medical perspective with scripture and medical evidence of how they have done um, interviews and how they've worked with people that where these dead human spirits have, have manifested and that how real it is. And he spoke about twins in the womb and where one twin would die and how the living twin absorbs the dead twin spirit. And then they don't know if it's especially if it's opposite sex then they don't know am i male or female what am i there's the confusion because the the, the live twin has absorbed the dead twin's spirit and he did a whole teaching on that it was fascinating and this is medical science so what has happened through the years dan is where we were whispering this stuff and it seemed very strange We've now actually got scriptural evidence and medical evidence to prove that this is real. So demons, you bind and they have to go. But if you don't understand how to deal with dead human spirits, how to pray around that, the people don't get free. Families don't get free because you don't understand how to deal with it. But there is a way. It is possible. To get them free because what they would do Dan let me just share this is very interesting they will take they would do a lot of abortions of babies take the spirits of all those babies and form a lock in the spirit 
and lock up a system and you can you will not get in until you deal with the blood that caused the abortions and to to dismantle that whole lock that was formed dedicate the babies to jesus he says the children belong to him but because they die in the cult they stay in satan's hands and he uses them as locks and 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 put and that's how he locks things down on earth through the blood of these babies so what do we do we repent we stand in the gap we confess the sins we ask forgiveness we silence the blood of those babies we bring that altar before god and we release every baby that was that was on that altar we we release and dedicate to god that they can go and sit at the feet of the lord jesus and sing songs of praise to his name for being released from having to serve satan here on earth because they were murdered that is brilliant i will say this amanda um okay so people have a you know I mean, they have a really big issue with what we're talking about right now. I mean, there's people freaking out. <laughs> Maybe not this is my program because I think I have managed to chase away all the religious people and all the haters. Like, we have chased away a lot of them, so we could talk, you know? And it's like, but, I mean, man, do people get upset when you take away their, you just go immediately to heaven or hell theology. And it, But this is my thing, right? I'm like, okay, so show me the scripture that it says you can only go to heaven or hell and that's it. Because there's no scripture that says that exactly. As a matter of fact, in Revelation chapter 20, it says the death and hell, two separate persons, give up the dead that are in them. That's a plural word. And then the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Like, okay, first of all, your heaven and hell, that falls apart on one scripture. You cannot, literally, you cannot uphold that theology at any point anywhere in all of scripture. Uh, I'm, now I'm getting frustrated because, see, people, they, they create a philosophy that's literally not based on the Word of God. And get upset when you run into a practical manifestation, application of God's true revelation because it doesn't agree with their presumption. And they're ineffective. They're actually not getting people set free. But when you are getting people set free, you're the one with the problem. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't think, you know... I'm the one with the problem, or you're the one with the problem. I, I think the problem is the devil who's hoodwinking a lot of people. And so let's let's figure out how to win, apply the victory yeah. of Jesus Christ. Let me say, yeah. I have run into this whole dead thing a lot of times. I mean, you just can't do this ministry and not run into dead ancestors, True. dead human spirits. As a matter of fact, you know, there was one day I'm sitting there, I started talking, you know, I'm talking to someone. They're like, you know, I have these memories. I don't know where they came from. I'm like, okay, whose memories are they? Why don't you come up? Person comes up. Like, I'm 95 years old. I'm like, well, <laughs> obviously you're not because person is not that old. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, I was born in this year and they killed my body in this year, but I was involved in the secret space program. So they platformed me, now I'm talking to the human spirit, out of this person and my memories are bleeding over into them. And they start telling me about secret space program mysteries. They start telling me about the restrainer and their work with the secret space program to deal with that thing. And I, I'm, I'm taking notes. I have notes also, right? 
And then I introduced them to Jesus Christ. And in their living body that was killed because they were involved in all this stuff, they never had a chance to meet Jesus. Jesus appears to them. They say, I choose you. And he takes them out of my client's body with him. And there's deliverance. Now, this is the reality of getting people set free. I mean, this is fruit, right? Somehow, for some Christians, I have a big problem, though. How could you entertain such heresy? This is not heresy. This is what's going on. And, you know, I, I mean, seriously, I, I, I mean, I could go on and on. I, I'm, I'm actually more interested in some more of your stories on this. But, like, yeah, I mean, Amanda, this is a real thing. You know, the Bible talks about in Isaiah chapter 28 that they have made a covenant with death. And I, I, from from what I've run into, I think the covenant with death often plays into the ancestral presence. But look, honestly, uh, what else have you run into in this area? Uh, dead spirit children. You, you said spirit children. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, she went there. Okay. So I've run into spiritual. As a matter of fact, I've built them into all of our prayers uh, for getting free from, you know, high ranking spirits, principalities, uh, bloodline stuff. What is your revelation on the spirit children? I'm very interested. Uh, then the first time we heard about spirit children was we worked with a um, African uh, SRA lady. Um, who is very high upranking queen? Um, she would, for example, uh, she would go into a serpent and then come up in Egypt as a mermaid and were, and is worshipped there. So I mean, I'm just explaining to you the ranking. And then she explained to us um, how she powers up the kings of the earth. And she would then, um, let's say there's a big governmental move that has to happen. They would then um, organize that she's at a certain place, uh, positioned, and then there would be a sexual rape where this entity would come and rape her. And immediately there's a pregnancy immediately there's a birth of that that they are birthing in the spirit that has to now manifest in politics in government in whatever move has got to happen in the country so um, it was very interesting because in the same week that we ministered to her we had a young uh, European lady bloodline and she told us the same thing, that she was taken um, in, in the sea. She went, you know, through a portal in the sea and got to Atlantis and there was a merman. She got a tail. She changes into a mermaid, um, got a tail, and then this merman grabbed her, raped her. Immediately, there was a little girl, immediately gave birth, and they took this baby away from her. And she bonded. She'd already bonded to the spirit child. So, um, look, we, you know, we had worked with with the woman that had told us of the 
of the uh, principalities that had come and impregnated them, and then there was the Nephilim. All right, and so this would this was I would say more or less the same thing, but there was the difference in that there's not that that four months that they are in the womb and then they born. That's normally the Nephilim story. This spirit child is after the impregnation. There's this child like immediately and bo born and taken. And so they they would birth a month before a big political thing. They would birth a lot of these spirit children. And these spirit children would be the power base for the leaders that would change and shift things. That, that, oh, my gosh. Folks, let me just suggest that you um, take notes, right? Okay, Daniel, where are spirit children in the Bible? I don't know. Um, I wish I had a chaptered verse reference for you guys. I really do, because on this one, it's a toughie. However, let me tell you. Almost any time there is some kind of marriage to any kind of cosmic being or heavenly power, fallen angel, um, spirit children are involved. And I put this in my prayer and I, I sit down with people day after, I mean, this is day every day for me, guys. I'm always working with people and, um, you know, now I've been doing more one-time sessions as of late and opened up myself to that. But, you know, I'm always sitting down with people and we're getting people set free from the stuff. And people will begin to get, get into my prayers and they'll look at them and they'll be like, spirit children, what? And I'm like, don't worry about that. We'll just get there when we get there. We're going through the prayer. We get to spirit children. They're bending over. They're, oh, you know, it's like, it's just, I mean, it is real. And I mean, it's over and over and over. And, and I mean, I'll tell you, they have so many uses for spirit children. When you get into like the programming I have found spirit children positioned outside the body. They put them in the body as like guards, gatekeepers, punishers. It's like, you know, what is it? Is it a, is it a demon? Well, it's a little different. It's a spirit child. The person actually birthed that. And that thing is kind of protected with the covenant, with the heavenly power that, or, or whatever have you. And they have even, uh, we've run into bloodline uh, vectors uh, it, which is so strange I don't even know what that means completely but like there's all this stuff and 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 they use the spirit children to link realms that they use to power stuff up with um, counterfeit timelines I mean I mean this stuff gets really deep spirit children are absolutely a centerpiece of this strategy and the devil loves it because no one believes that there are actually spirit children so it's a safe route Amanda for the yeah. devil to just work his junk. I mean, you're, and what you're describing, I'm like, of course. Why wouldn't they use the spirit children to power up political moves? Because no one's going to pray against the spirit children. Who's yeah. praying against spirit children? That's People true. are praying, Lord God, you know, hold his heart in your hand and change it. God's like, yeah, I'll do that. But the spirit, someone, please, please, somebody pray about the spirit children. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, the world has become it's become bizarre and it's just our minds you know to try and think how does it work but you just realize you know the level of things that's going on in the spirit world your mind just cannot understand it you know it is you've got to go by faith honestly a lot of what i've done is just 
absolutely trusting God, and then I see the fruit and how it works, God and God alone knows. But it's something you've just got to trust Him. He's my Father, you know, and and that's so good that we started with underlining the fact that if I don't know Him as my Dad, you know, as my Father, my Abba, how can I go into any of this stuff and and you know still be sane and and still try and live a normal life? You know? So it's really, really bizarre. And it's just something that, I mean, you know, if you if you hear of all the things they did in the time of Hitler, then you think, we didn't know any of that. But look where we are now. You know, this is a couple of years later. And uh, just see where we are now. You know, things are absolutely, it's just beyond our mind. And if you think what how they're trying to make the transhumanism and all of that stuff is so real. So, yeah, a lot of what I do, Dan, has been absolute faith. You know, Father, here I go. I'm trusting you. You know, you show me something and I'm just going to pray as you show me. And then I just see it work. So, you know, it's this is God's business, Dan. It's not our business. The spirit world is God's business. And we are just his instruments, you know. We're just his hands and his his feet in his mouth, and we just speak the words he puts there. But it's it's his business. So when I don't understand, then I say, Lord, it's it's your business. My goodness. Yeah. Now, but it's been an exciting journey. Well, that's one thing. Um, you know, there's not a lot of boredom. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, 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 let me ask you this. Okay, so so you you do um, quite a bit with prophetic ministry. How how do you pair that with your counseling? Well, Dan, I think it's this knowing the Father's voice. You know, because as I say, a lot of what what the Father shows isn't something that you read in a book. It's not something you study, you know. Um, once, once God has shown something in the Spirit, and you pray it, um, and you speak what He shows you. Once we went to Italy, we were called. Um, there was this family. the the um, The old mother had tried to. She was very, very ill, and she was lying on her deathbed. And she had gone and laid on top of, of the graves of saints and drawn power from from these graves, you know, and trying to get power, healing, whatever she was looking for. But then they found my prayer on, on the Internet. Somebody had translated it into Italian. They'd read it and realized that it was wrong. They should not have done it. So they asked, could we please come and pray with her? so that we can break all of that stuff, you know, the occultic connection. And as we walked into the uh, place where we were sleeping, the little hotel where we were staying, and we were going to see um, this this lady the afternoon, um, the Lord spoke. And he said, um, he spoke about um, the the the... It, it was to do with it was to do with grave diggers 
and he said uh, he spoke about bone magicians. I've never heard of that before. Hallelujah for Google. So we, <laughs> so we Google, so we looked it up. And here comes this whole thing on bone magicians and how these guys looked after the bones because there was such power in the bones and how they spoke about the catacombs and you know all this stuff when I realized if Satan put so much uh, effort in the in the occult on bones then where, where did he steal it from so I looked in the Bible because he steals it. He can't he can't invent anything. He's a copycat. So then I did a study on death, hell and the grave. And I don't know if you've seen that study in the prayer that I have on death, hell and the grave. But that was birthed after go going to pray with this lady and dealing with a bone magician and that's how God spoke. So you're asking prophetic, how does it work in the ministry? We get the word bone magician, never heard of it before, start a journey, and God unravels a whole thing. Now, in, in Africa, they throw the bones. You know, they, they, they divine with bones. They, they cast bones, and they, they can do divination with bones. And so they, they have tremendous reverence so if the people would die in another country they would go and fetch the bones and bring it back but it's the ancestral connection you see it's that it's that whole thing with the the dead human spirit connection with the bones and so god opened that whole thing up and that's when that that prayer was birthed so that's an example to show you how god would put us on a trail, give us revelation, understanding. I mean, that's prophetic. And then to be able to, you know, put it out there for people to pray. So many people have prayed through that um, prayer, specifically the, the African people who, you know, are in the, in the ancestral worship of the dead. And, and people can get the prayer at CanaanMinistries.org. Yes. They can download it. There's quite a few prayers there. Yes, there are. Wow. Yeah, and and, and Amanda, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be just completely honest. You know, I, I believe that the gifts of the Spirit are literally an outflow of God's grace. Like, yes. It's his, the word gift, charisma, comes from the Greek word charis, which is grace. Ooh. Gift is charisma. It's like so. It's it's an application of God's grace flowing through us for the advancement of His purposes. And 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 I'll tell you what, His grace is sufficient. Um, those gifts make the impossible possible. Yeah, and um, I'll tell you, man. It, like in in our ministry, you know, I don't know what we would do without. The gifts of the spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, discerning of spirits. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. Yeah. Uh, let, let me ask you this. 
Amanda, what does victorious living mean? Then, if you are still stuck with generational curses, you're born again, and you your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and should you die, you will go to heaven. But you... You, you're struggling in so many areas. You're struggling with your health. You're struggling with nightmares. You may be on tablets. You, you know, you could have secret sin that you're still struggling with, that you just don't have victory over. Um, so is that a victorious life? No. You don't have victory over those things. Those things are controlling you. And so it's when you start dealing with closing the doors that have given legal right to the enemy, then you start finding that you, it's like you're climbing a mountain and you, you're getting your foot on the neck of the enemy as you deal with, with those things that, that, that would, that would you know, hold you back. And you would find that you, you're starting to live that victorious life as you deal with the things of the past, of your history, you know, with inner healing and with um, the, the the occultic stuff, that's robbing you. That's robbing you from from you know putting your head down at night and sleeping um, in in God's rest, and you know um, marriage. You know, if if you fight the the good fight, it, I mean, we all know marriage is a challenge. You know, that's how you slowly die. Uh, to self is marriage, you know, so God's given us to, to one another to walk this journey um, Yeah, so it's It's something that um, It's a journey Dan. It's not it's not an instant You know some things you can get victory and it's a miracle But then there's things you journey you journey your your walk and, and the giants that your forefathers didn't fight and conquer, you will have to face. And you will have to fight them and conquer them. And that is the best inheritance that you can leave your children, is to leave them a victorious life of as you are moving into your promised land, just like the Israelites, God says, Destroy the enemy. Get rid of the enemy completely. And so if that which your forefathers didn't fight, they are blocking you from a victorious life. They are robbing you from a victorious life. And so as you then, um, you know, fight, you know, we, we had a, a, a personal thing that happened um, years ago when our children were small. We heard about the Freemason stuff and prayed. You pray that up to the knowledge you have at that stage and season of your life. And then years later, after I had, um, you know, started working with the SRA people and brought them into my home, and little did I know that my children were targeted. And years later, they put time clocks over my children's lives that would kick in later on in their life, which we didn't know anything about. And uh, since then, I've learned a lot about time clocks and how, how they work with the time lines. And so they put these time 
clocks, time bombs over my children's lives. And that this kicked in, in when, when they were in their 20s. And um, we then, then my son, I have, I have two daughters and a son, and my son was, was then badly hit again. So seriously that we, and we saw all the symptoms of the Freemason stuff. And we started to go, this is now another season in our life. We're older, the children are older. So now we're facing things in that, in that, that season. So then we saw, but this is definitely clearly another level of Freemason stuff that we have to deal with. And dug more in the family and found out that on Rowley's side, which is the English family, there was a lot of the Freemason stuff and there were some serious covenants made. And it was like my son was was supposed to, you know, fulfill a, a greater task, but we were not allowing this and he was not accepting this either. And then Rowley said, well, this battle is mine. I'm going to, this. I'm the head of the family and I'm going to fight this thing. And God led him into a 40-day fast to get Babylon out of our family. So, Dan, what I'm saying to you is some of the battles that you have to fight when you're facing giants to get victory is sometimes it's different levels for different families. And this was something that we had to fight, obviously because of where the ministry was going, where God was going with me in the ministry, with us as a family. And so Roly took this battle and he fought it through. And um, that brought the release. You know, so so now we can see the victory. But that was a specific thing that we had to fight. So I'm not saying everybody must now go on a 40-day fast. You know, it's not no recipe. It's There's no formula. This is something very personal and specific that God spoke to our family. Um, where God was going with us and there were certain things that needed to be dealt with before we could move further as a family in the ministry. And so, you know, it was making a way and fighting those giants. And so each family has their own battle to fight. Um, individually, you have your own walk to walk. And there are certain things that you have to fight so that you can get the victory. But that's what Jesus died for. You know, he, he, he got the victory for us. And so some battles are just more difficult than others, you know. That's so good. That is so good. You know, um, Amanda, this has been a lot of fun. And at some point, I'm going to have to have you back. Um, okay. Because you have mentioned a few things, and I'm like, yeah, we got to talk about that some more. Time clocks and timelines, come on. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, but let me um, let me just say this. Uh, for today, do you have any final thoughts that you want to put out before we conclude this interview? Dan, um, I'd like to tell the listeners that I'm really normal. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Who would have ever questioned that? <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> no. And that, you know, this is not a, 
a ministry that you look for? Definitely not. I mean, if God had given me a list and he'd say, okay, Amanda, you put on, you know, which, which ministry would you like? I think I would have put this right at the bottom if it was a personal choice. But it's when God chooses you and, and he puts your, his hand upon your life and he starts to gently guide you in a path. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a test and check and test and check. And, Father, am I hearing you right? Am I, am I on the right journey? I don't want to miss you. I don't want to take a bunny trail. I don't want to be deceived. Please, Lord, I want to stay safe. I want to stay with you. I want to stay in intimacy connected with you so that I know that I can hear your whisper if you if you speak to me and you, you tell me, you know, that I'm going off. So I, I'd like to just wrap up by saying the key is knowing the Father and knowing his voice and sticking close to him. And, um, you know, really um, also uh, check, check and balance with, with um, loved ones around, you know, a team of safe people. My husband, I, I don't release anything if I don't check with him and check with my team that have prayed with me and come with me for many years. Um, we fought many battles together. We've got battle scars that we carry together in battles, you know. Um, there's safety. You, you've got to, you cannot be a lone ranger in this ministry. You cannot um, try and run this race on your own. It's just not possible it's too dangerous um and so you know just i know we've spoken about a lot of weird wacko stuff and you know but just the journey god's taken me on and how i've tested it and tried it and father can it be can it be and really by faith this has been a journey of faith it hasn't been a textbook ministry you know i've tried to write down as much as what i can but it's really been hearing the father's voice which has been the key um to this to this ministry walking close with him and and the gifts as you said the gifts of the holy spirit um i could not do this without the gifts of the holy spirit and his guidance in my life so um yeah, just to just to encourage people to seek the, the Lord first. I know we've shared, you know, a lot of, of of spiritual stuff, and 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 one can get very carried away, either positive or negative, you know, in in the spirit world. But just to keep your feet, you know, on the rock, and um, in the Word, walking in the water of His Word. Um, and and you know so that you that you don't run into flaky stuff, but that you stick with the Father and know that He will He will protect and He will cover you, and He will also if if this stuff is strange to you, then ask Him, ask Him to show you. Don't just reject it and walk away and say I don't want anything to do. That's I mean, that was my first reaction as well. I, I didn't, I was too afraid to have anything to do with this. But please ask the Father, test it, check it, ask Him to show you what the truth is. Because He is. 
the God of truth. And he will lead you in all the truth. And that's what I want to bless you with tonight. Everybody listening. And Dan, thank you so much for this time of sharing together and sharing our hearts. It's been really good. Well, Amanda, it has been really good. Really good. Um, you have shared a lot of really cool things. But he, he, folks, and I, I just want to piggyback on what Amanda said. You know, I, when I'm working with people, do not ask the question, goodness gracious, how weird can it get today? Praise the Lord. You know, I, I'm just not there, guys. That's not my headspace. I am not thinking, what's the next weirdest thing I can possibly concoct to explain something I don't understand? No, my, my question every day that I'm asking when I get up is, Lord, how are we setting your people free today? Lord, how are we setting your people free today? And, and, and as he answers that question, I land on timelines. I land on other realms. I land on spirit children. I land on dead human spirits. I, I mean, as, and, and Amanda's sharing things, and I'm sitting here getting excited because like, I know it's true. Because like, so we, we're running into the same thing. And, and, and folks, the centerpiece, though, is um, the agenda of God. That's, that, that is the centerpiece. And, um, you know, I just so appreciate you, Amanda. I appreciate your ministry. I'm, I'm really glad we've finally been able to connect, do a program together. Uh, we'll be connecting more in the future for sure. And folks, her website is www.kenanministries.org. That's K-A-N-A-A-N ministries.org. With that said, we are done for today. Until next time, you've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision, which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.